this morning, uh, got a message called Leave It. And uh, we thought we would, as a practical example of that, we'd start with everybody's assigned seat at church this morning so that you would walk in. Anybody feel anxiety when you walked in this morning and the seats were rearranged? I tried to give a warning in the group page because I know I'm used to seeing people in certain places. So this morning, you've already lived out an example of what I've asked. I'm going to ask you to do through the message. You've left it. You've left. I see some of you on the other sides of the church. I mean, you all went a long way. But this morning, we're going to look at uh, the call of Peter. And I want to start by reading just this last verse that we're going to look at this morning. In chapter 5 of the Gospel according to Luke, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, go ahead and get them out, turn to them, bring your app up, however you want to do it. Um. And I will say, for those of you online, if we could have gotten to your living room to rearrange your living room, I probably would have done that too. Uh, I love change. We love rearranging. You know, uh, in college one time, Bethany and I had an apartment. We were married our last year of college, and uh, we decided to move the bedroom to the living room. And we were the only ones living there. It didn't matter. So we, we moved the living room to the bedroom. We like change, so you just, just hang on with us, all right? You never know. We might have round tables next week. But this morning, we're at Peter, this call of Peter in chapter 5. I want to read verse 11. We're going to read 1 through 11, but I just want to read you this verse. And I want you to just let it sink into your heart. And then we're going to work our way through this scripture. Verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. Uh, we're going to see in this, uh, this message this morning um, that Peter did something uh, that God asked us all to do. And he left some things behind. Now it's obvious here he's talking about, if you know this story, we're going to read it in a minute, uh, that he left his fishing nets. That's why there's a fishing net on the slide this morning. He left his boat. He left all the things that really represented his livelihood to him, how he survived. And it says he left everything. But there were some other things I believe he left, and there are some other things I believe God asked us to leave when we follow. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. Following something requires to focus on it. This week we were we were traveling and uh, and got stuck right in the middle of one of these snowstorms. Um, it's been a crazy week and a half, honestly. Uh, I know people have had it really hard uh, all around us, losing power. And, and we were out of town weekend. When was that? Last weekend, and uh, we're not able to get back home because of the rain and the freezing and the snow. Uh, so we were traveling, and I had to be in Lexington on Thursday of last week, so we were traveling Wednesday evening from Tennessee to, to Lexington because we didn't make it back to Pikeville. We couldn't get here. Um, and so I was totally 
confident we could get to Lexington before the snow started right, at 7 o'clock. I forgot we had four kids and two other people riding with us, and we did not leave Tennessee in time to get there. So about 7 o'clock, we were around Mount Vernon on Interstate 75, and I was focused, right? When you're driving in the dark on the interstate, you're looking at the lines on the road in front of you. And within about five minutes' time, I didn't know where the road was. I had no idea. I, could, I mean, the, the snow was falling so hard, um, and, the, uh, and, and it was sticking to the road. And, you know, I started slowing down, but guess who didn't? All the 18-wheelers. I mean, they were just, like, blowing our doors off. And, uh, and I was like, if I didn't have this crew, I could probably make it to Lexington in about two hours from Berea. We should take like 40 minutes, but this is not good. So we jumped off the next exit we got to, and, um, and I realized that when, when you're focused, when you're following something, any distraction from it makes it really dangerous. And for Peter here in this story to leave everything, it wasn't that he was excited to leave everything. It was about his focus on who he was following. And so we got off the we got off the road, and uh, you know I saw I saw the political divide of America break loose in the lobby of a hotel, a Holiday Inn Express. All right, there was there was about ten of us praying for a room, um, and I was about the third one in line. And uh, and I mean there was people stressed. They had kids. They'd gotten off the interstate, uh, and and out of ten, about seven had masks on. Three did not. Uh, and refused to put masks on. I mean, it was like all that. Like, we're all stressed here. Come on, let's just figure out how to get into a room and be warm tonight. And they all went. I mean, it, I was like, I'm just looking around like, this is about to get crazy. I just want a hotel room. Please let me get a room. I was praying. It ended up the lady in front of me canceled two reservations she had, uh, two or three rooms she had. We ended up getting one. All seven of us piled in one room. And we were very thankful for it. Uh, and the guy behind me got a room, and several people uh, did not. I was going to get two rooms, but I thought, nope, not tonight. Just if we're anywhere and these people can get a room, we'll do our best. Peter, here in this story, is just living his life. You know, sometimes God just shows up in our daily walk and says, you know, I'm not just all up here. I'm not just big picture. Just in the very little things, like, I'm going to make sure you get a room tonight. And he did this for Peter in this story. Let's read these verses. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, also the Sea of Galilee, is another name for it, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. I love that line. I've preached a message on these verses called, you know, into the deep. Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Reminder, this is Jesus, not a professional, professional fisherman, talking to professional fishermen, saying, let's go out into the deep and drop your nets. He said, let's go fishing. That's what Jesus said to Peter and his friends. Peter's response, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, 
I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. That's where we started in verse 11. I'll take you through just a couple principles we find here. uh, And then I want to talk really um, specifically about things we leave when we follow uh, Jesus. Can I pray real quick before we get into this? God, we just pray you open our hearts and minds. God, you give us the ability to do things that we can't do on our own. We pray that you help us understand things that we can't understand on our own. God, and that we would give you credit for it. God, we pray that you would be so obvious in this minute, in this moment. The strength of your presence would be so strong that we would have the confidence of Peter. God, to just leave everything and follow you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Uh, we, we see here, First Peter's minding his own business, right? He's, he's there. They've, they've worked all night long. We know that from the story. And uh, he's, he's just cleaning his nets, which is what they do, because their nets were everything. They were professional fishermen. If they were going to eat today, they had to catch and, and have a good work last night. I mean, they were living day to day. It's uh, check to check is what we call it. And so they had this pressure. He hadn't caught anything. He may have felt a little frustrated, disappointed, but he was cleaning his nets, doing what he, uh, just his daily mundane thing. And he looks up and he sees that Jesus is in his boat and Jesus invites him over. And the, the first thing I would just want you to think about is I'm going to ask you not to be so busy. God, God said this to me, don't be so busy that you don't see when I step in your boat, okay, that you don't see all I'm doing around you, my presence and my, the way that I'm caring for you and the people that I'm putting around you and the circumstances. And, and don't forget to be reminded about Romans chapter 8, we're going to get to next week, that says, I work all things for your good. That means if you are my child, you can promise, you can trust me, everything that happens is for your spiritual good. And so I started thinking, man, Peter could have been real busy and not even noticed that Jesus stepped in his boat. And we can get real busy and distracted and consumed with other things and not even realize that God is right in our face calling us to walk with us in our life. And we're trying to walk on our own and do our own thing. And he's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. You forgot me again. You're trying to do it on your own again. I'm right here. I want to tell you this morning, he's present in your life. Jesus told him to push into the deep where Peter had to trust him. He had no choice. He had no choice but to trust Jesus. He got into the deep where he couldn't reach the bottom. He got out into the deep where he had been all night and didn't catch anything. And I thought about just this blind faith to take Jesus at his word that Peter had when 
He said, I mean, he started like we would. Well, I just want you to know I've not caught anything. I've tried that already, but if you say so. And so the little bit of that is kind of a, um, um, uh, maybe a little arrogance. You know, if you say so, I'll do it, but just watch this. I'm not going to catch anything. Jesus is the real watch this. <laughs> All right? All he had to do was take Jesus at his word. He told him to drop his nets. He dropped his nets, and he caught more. I mean, they almost sank multiple boats, not just one. They caught so much. If we would only trust God at his word, simple word, his commandments, there's things that may not be audible to us, but there's lots of direction in this Bible that we make lots of excuses around and justify not doing. Simple things like be a dad. Like be a wife to your husband. Like be a husband to your wife. Like Turn away from sin. Like, be dead to it. Like, turn a blind eye to it. Be a peacemaker. Be a spiritual leader. Be light in darkness. I mean, these are simple things that are just take God at his word, and if we do it, there's good behind it. He'll say, watch this, uh, like we can't say. Let's think about it just for a minute. The title of the message is Leave It. I want to I think just for a minute some things. I want you to think in your mind and your heart. Uh, what are some things that God is calling you to leave today? Now, I think there's some... Now, we, we can see this, and, and Peter completely leaves his profession, Right? I mean, he, he, he cast, if we all did that, it would not be a good thing. If there was no Christian in the marketplace, if there was no Christian teacher, if there was no, no, no Christian nurse, no Christian uh, a doctor, a carpenter, if there was no Christians out in the marketplace, that's not what I'm talking about here. There are things God calls us all to leave. This is an example of it. Peter goes all in, and he leaves everything. Now, some of us, some of you, God will call you to leave everything. And commit yourself fully to him and trust him in everything. Even in a vocation. But this morning I was thinking about some things as Peter was sitting there. uh, What we have when we are not following Jesus. I was thinking about the mind and what Peter was going through. He was very likely um, feeling like a failure. Feeling like he had let his family down. Feeling like he was not good enough. Feeling like I'm supposed to be a great fisherman. I'm supposed to be the provider, and I didn't catch anything. And he met him right where he was in a moment of failure. But God had bigger plans for Peter. 
See, this is just a moment in Peter's life. I'm going to tell you, I don't know where you are right now, but some of you will be feeling a moment of failure. Failure as a mom, failure as a, an employee, failure as, uh, you know, as, a, as a spouse. And God can meet you right there in that moment. And God has, he has great plans for us, great plans for you. And he had great plans for Peter. And you see, I think about, I think about Peter and his, his motivation at the time. Not only was he going to leave his failure and his frustration that he couldn't do it, he couldn't be enough, he wasn't enough, he was going to leave his, his worldly motivations about why he was even doing it. His mission, right? His mission in life at that time was to catch fish. Was to catch fish. And Jesus said, I got a new mission for you. He said, from now on, you are going to be a fisher of men. See, when God gets a hold of your heart, he gives you new purpose, and he prepares good things for you to do. I'm asking you to leave failure behind. However you've let yourself down, let other people down, I don't know what it is in your life. I'm asking you to leave it. I think... God asks us to leave worldly motivations behind. Our why, he asks us to check our hearts. Why are we working? Why uh, it, is, it is not for personal gain. You remember the, the verses we read in Ephesians that taught us about work, that said, I go to work so that you can give, go to work, honest work, so that you can have enough to give to others and take care of other people. Jesus also said, don't be afraid. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Fear and doubt. Here's the thing. This is Peter. We're talking about the story of Peter. And uh, Peter up until this point. Uh, he's probably heard about Jesus. He's seen Jesus do other things. Peter doesn't know his future. He doesn't know that in, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, that later on Jesus is going to look at him and say, you know what, Peter, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this, I'm going to build my church. See, Peter was just sitting there feeling like a failure. He was sitting there feeling like a failure, washing his hands, feeling like a letdown. And, and, and this is what you have to see in your life, that God has got good for you, no matter where you are in this present moment and time. And it only takes one thing to pursue it. And Peter was in his comfort zone. I want to show, show you this little diagram here. You know, God cannot do big things if you are not trusting him with them. As long as you stay in your comfort zone, where Peter would always know, I'll, I didn't catch any tonight, but I can come back here tomorrow night and I'll probably catch some. I know how to scrub my net. I know how to put my boat out on that water. I know how to get on the water and get across. I'm probably as good, as it, good at it as anybody. And God said, I cannot grow my kingdom with you in your comfort zone. Because <laughs> you're trusting yourself. Everything you say is, I know, I can do. I've done it before. I will do it again. I, 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 I. 
And Jesus is trying to get through Peter's. Uh, at this point, he's laying the foundation that I'm going to use you, Peter, but I am going to build my church. It tells us something about the church. Who's building it? Started this church? And, and we're just broken people. The people who came together, who landed in this place and started New Beginnings Fellowship are just broken people that are trusting God to grow his church. We are just here, giving it to him. And you know what else? He ends up telling Peter, he says, I'll tell you, you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. And what did he say? And the gates of Hades will not stand against it. I want you to take for a minute and think about what the world thinks about a church. If I said we're going to start a new church, what do they think? A building, praise and worship, another preacher, a space. You understand God cannot understand. He does not, he can understand, he just realizes we're ignorant. <laughs> okay? When we think of, when we call this building the church, when we say we're going to go to church, it doesn't make sense. The early church would have said, how do you go to a place that you are? I mean, we've been in this building. This summer will be three years, and I'll be, I mean, this is me, my heart, the last two weeks saying, God, I know you brought us to this building. And this place, I felt like we needed to be here. You made it happen. But I'm afraid it even has confused my heart and got me complacent. Because the first three years, your church didn't, our church didn't have walls around it. We were anywhere, wherever we could land. And, and that meant we had to be outside those walls doing things. Because that's where we lived, was outside the walls of a building. And he was telling Peter, you know what? You're gonna, I'm going to build my church. You're going to help me. Nothing's going to stop it. And, and, and I see people panicking right now, like, oh, man, America's falling apart. All these things. I, I don't care what government is here on this land that we stand. God's church will be here. And it will be strong. And it doesn't depend on a political party. It doesn't depend on any of that. When he says, I'm building my church, and it will prevail. We know there's victory in the church. And there's no reason to be afraid of it. I'm asking you this morning, leave the fear of failure. Leave, leave the doubt. Leave the worldly motivations. Leave your comfort zone. Look at something and say, there's no way that can happen with me. <laughs> I want us as, a, as, a, as the local body of believers that's just part of a much bigger church to realize that, you know what, we've got Faith Life Market over there. This is big for me, all right? When you're, when you're planting a church, and, 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 and like we've done the last six years, 
and starting something new. There's a lot of that comes around that, right? Because uh, churches become very organizationally thinking, and this is our name on the door, this is our sign, this is our place, these are our people. And, and, and there was something in the, in the last few months that just got me, got me thinking. At Faith Life Market, I care so much about the church, not new beginnings. I care so much about the church. If, if the Sunday school superintendent walks in from another church and then gets inspired and goes back and grows their Sunday school, I am the happiest man alive. I don't care where you land on Sunday morning. The people who started a church have a heart for Christ and to draw people to him. This is not a competition with one another. And as long as it is, the people out in these hollers and hills are the ones that are losing. Peter was willing to leave his comfort zone. This year, you know, God has done this for me for the last 10 years. Every year, it's something different that he's asking me to step out of my comfort zone. And I really thought that he wasn't going to do it this year. I really thought, God, I just need like a year where I feel like comfortable and things are settled and Bethany and I are praying and we're, we're, we're in this new season of our own life and we're saying, we just want to feel settled and have our little schedule and we do this every week and on Mondays I'm here and Wednesdays I'm there and that's just how it is and it's going to be like this forever. And God says, huh? No. No. It's too much on the line. Too much on the line to be comfortable. I mean, y'all think I'm crazy. I came in and rearranged chairs. I mean, I, I wish we were meeting in the park. I don't care. Would you come if we were meeting in the park? Would, would it matter where we were? Uh, I mean, there's part of me that loves this building. There's part of me that's scared of this building. Romans 12 Four through five said, so for just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, not just us here in New Beginnings. I'm talking about the church in Pikeville. Maybe it's too aspirational to imagine that we could be one church. I'm not saying all going to the same places on Sunday morning to worship, but if we could just be rooting for each other. I mean, if we could just be rooting for each other, that would go a long way. I'm asking you to leave the old mindset of church as a place we go, as a thing we do, as a ritual. Y'all got out of that. Many of us did the last year. It became no longer a place we go, and we had to ask ourselves, what is the church? And realize it's supernatural. <laughs> 
that God is building, that, that locking these doors can't stop it. That it is unstoppable. That's the church I want to be a part of. I thought about this guy. I know I'm going a little long. I'm almost finished. I thought about this guy. He said, well, what is the church? What's his, what are we supposed to be doing? I thought about this, this guy that came by several weeks ago when we were here. I think it was after service on a Sunday morning, maybe. Uh, his name was Chad. Uh, he'd been sleeping under bridges, wherever he could sleep. You know, we asked him a few questions. He knocked on the door and asked if we just help him get somewhere to sleep that night. Um, and I thought, if the church is a building and there's nobody in it, there's no action, and he, he can come up and ring that ring doorbell all day long. He can ring the doorbell. He can beat on that door. This building will not do one thing to help him. But the church, on the other hand, if he ever meets God, it will be through you and me, the church. It is the only physical, tangible representation of God in this town, is you and me and the other believers. There's a lot more chads that won't walk through this front door on a Sunday morning. They don't just need a place to sleep. They need a Savior. They need Jesus. They they need hope. And they're not going to find it in just a hotel room for two nights. They need a church that is willing to get down in the muck and the mire with them and understand their situation, walk with them, and lead them out of it. And to show that we love them no matter what. No matter where they've come from. And to give them real hope. To be the miracle they're praying for. Here's the thing about Peter. He was tempted to go back. You remember at the end of the gospel according to John. Jesus has been, uh, he's been crucified. He's been resurrected. He's appeared to his disciples. And he spends 40 days you know, after his resurrection, before his ascension into heaven, and he sends his Holy Spirit. And you remember what you remember the, the what Peter says. You remember Peter messed up, right? He denied Jesus three times. God's building the church with broken people, and then Peter says, "I'm going fishing." He had left his net. He had left his boats. I don't even know. Maybe they were still somewhere. He knew where they were. But he was tempted to go back because it's what he knew. It's what was comfortable. It's what felt safe. Jesus had been crucified. They thought Jesus was going to be this great, mighty political ruler and king. And Peter just says, you know what? I'm going back fishing. Peter's out on the boat, the end of John. And he's left it. He left the net, but he'd gone back. 
See, in your walk with Christ, you're going to be tempted to go back to failure, to fear. You're going to be like me driving down interstate, up Interstate 75, and you were looking at the lines on the road, and now you're just seeing white out. And you've lost your focus. And see, Peter was out there, and, and he was fishing. And guess what was happening when he went back? When you go back, you find emptiness. He was dropping nets. He was pulling up, and there was nothing in it. He was toiling all night long. And he hears somebody, hey, let your net down on the other side of the boat from the shore. Peter's like, I know that voice. Couldn't see him, thought he didn't know who it was. So he drops his net. And again, it becomes so full. He can't even understand it. It's just fish everywhere. It's so many, he doesn't know what to do. And what does, what does this mean to him? I remember a guy who told me one other time to put my net down in a place, and when I did, it was full. This is Jesus. And Peter, like in all of his excitement, he's like he's reminded, yep, I went back, but that was a mistake. It's empty there. You filled it up. And so Peter, what's he do in true Peter fashion? Rips his cloak off, dives in the water, swimming as hard as he can to get to the only one who can fill his nets, who can give him a new mission, who can turn failure into success, who can take your sinfulness and, and the things you've, you've just made a mess of and turn it into a masterpiece. Uh, Jesus is the only one who, who is full of righteousness that can give that to you, that the guilt can take all that guilt away, that can give you a new mission and purpose. Peter swims as hard as he can, and he gets down, and Jesus makes him breakfast. And he just looks at Peter. Do you have this kind of story with God that you remember the first time when you trusted him a little and then you trusted him a little bit more and you mess up and you go back and now they're sitting here and Jesus just says, Peter, do you love me? Can I just put those words to you right now from Jesus saying, do you love me? Build my church, feed my sheep. He asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Each time he uses a different Greek word for love, each getting a little stronger, more intense. First was like, Do you love me like you love the Chick fil A drive through worker? Like, Don't you all love them? I don't love them like I love Bethany, but I love them. And he says, Do you? Love me, Peter, a little deeper, maybe like a close friend you've known for a long time. Peter says, of course I love you. And then he asks him the third time, do you love me, Peter, agape love, the love we can only know from God that is giving of everything. Which Peter knows, right? I remember that time on the shore. When I had that moment, like you were so present, Jesus. I knew, like, you scared me to death. You were real. Like, you told me to drop the net. I dropped it. It was full. And at that moment, at that time, I was so encouraged. Like, I'd take on the world. Like, I left everything. I didn't need to be a fisherman. I didn't need a boat. All I had to do was follow you. And there's two things that happened in that moment. 
when you're in that moment. And it's really simple. You realize, I can't. Peter realized, I can't. And then he realized that Jesus could. You can't be perfect. You can't fulfill all that God asks of you. You can't get into heaven by yourself. You're sinful. You just are. You've lied. You've cheated. You've done something somewhere. You've been selfish. You've done something. And God expects perfection. But when we realize, I can't. But you can, then we step out of that comfort zone. We go here where the magic happens. Where now we're trusting God to tell us where to put our nets. Like where we're putting sin out of our life and saying, I want, I want, I want sin so much out of my life that I'm a, so close to the Holy Spirit that I can hear him say, I can feel him say, drop your net. In that moment, and I'm just dropping it. I'm just going wherever he's telling me to go. That's where I want to be. Look at your neighbor and say, leave it. Leave it. I'm going to tell him, leave it. Here's the beautiful thing, though. Leaving it, while it's the title of this message, is not the main point. Everybody will tell you to try to leave it and do better. Leaving it is a byproduct of following. <laughs> okay? You want to leave it? You want to fix things? You, you want to feel peace in your life? You want to feel joy again? Don't just try to run from failure. Just forget all that. Peter, I don't think Peter decided, uh, you know what? I think I'll leave my nets. And I think I'll leave my boat. I think I'll just leave that stuff. And, and well, while I'm leaving it, I'll just follow Jesus. <laughs> no. He said, this guy did that. I'm following him. It may have been a week later, and his buddies are like, where's your net? He's like, oh, God, I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't even care. Because I'm all in. I'm following. This morning we're going to sing one more song. And I don't know what it is for you that maybe we've been so busy and we miss seeing God in our boat, in our lives, calling us, inviting us. I'm praying that you put your trust in Him. See, Peter had to make a decision. Who was going to follow? what it was going to do. This morning, if you've never given Christ your life, I'm, in, I'm inviting you on his behalf to follow him, to trust him, to just realize I can't, but you can. God, I'm sinful. I need your forgiveness. And he's promised mercy and grace for anybody who comes asking for Leave it all behind, leave it all behind.
this morning are you going to follow him